Hey guys! Welcome back to Monday Morning Espresso. This is Gabby. I hope you've had a great weekend, a great week last week. Hey, I just hope everything is just going really well for you. Um, I am currently sitting in my little prayer room, which I still just love so much. This week, actually, truth be told, I've been kind of fantasizing about painting all the walls in my house. Are any of you good at painting and can give me some advice? Because I don't think this is my forte, but I'd like to start with my bedroom. This is a totally random side note, but I'd like to start with my bedroom, which the walls in there are painted this kind of red, and it's okay, but it's not my favorite. I want to paint it gray and start really Joanna Gaines-ing it up. You know what I mean? I'm not a Joanna Gaines at all, but I just want my room to feel homey and nice. And I've been working on some hand lettering. Um, I really like pretty writing, and there's some scripture that I would like to put on the wall over my bed. But first, I feel like I need to paint the walls. So there you go. These are the things that I've been daydreaming about. Um, I wanted to continue to just take you on my journey with me. This has been such an interesting journey, this move to Texas, which has completely upended everything that I have known. And that is so interesting when God just snatches you out of one place and takes you to another. Like there's excitement at the beginning, but then after some time, for me, I've kind of been like, what am I doing? I don't really know. So yesterday, I'm going to be real honest, I had a little bit of some real talk with God, saying to him, hey, you know me, you know my heart. You know that I have loved you almost my entire life. And I have continued to say to you time and time again over the last couple of decades, God, I'm yours. And I know that you have a call on my life. And I know that you have something great for me to do for your kingdom. And you know that I love you. And you know that I'm here to serve you. And you know that I want to pour out my life to you. So what in the world is happening? because I'm not seeing a lot of purpose. I'm not seeing a lot of dreams come true. In fact, I want to be really honest. I'm not even sure what my dreams are right now, because I think I was so hyped up about some of these dreams moving to Texas, thinking that things would just happen, that now I'm feeling a bit disillusioned and like... Are those really the things that I even want anymore? Or do I want something else? Or should I try to be pursuing something different? So yesterday, that's where I was at. And I asked the Lord for wisdom. And I was listening to this sermon. And something happened in the sermon that I have heard before and that I have actually said to several people over the years that I have mentored or been giving advice to. If you don't know what you're doing right now, excuse me, go back and look at what the last thing is God asked you to do and see if you were obedient in that. So on the treadmill yesterday, listening to this sermon, I thought to myself, a little jaded, the last thing that I remember God asking me to do is move to Texas. And I did that. And now I'm still in this place where, yes, everybody's okay. 
but I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't like that feeling. I want to be working hard. I want to be getting my hands dirty. I'm not afraid of hard work. I want to be, you know, providing for my family in a certain, to a certain extent. And, um, I was like, the last thing I remember him saying is move to Texas. So I don't feel like I'm being disobedient. So what could that mean for me? And how do I approach this? So I felt like, you know, yesterday after going to the gym, I didn't have anything specific that I needed to do. So I felt like the Lord wanted me to just look at my old journals um, from the past eight months over this journey of finding out that we're moving and moving and getting here and settling in and all of that. So that's what I did. I took my journals to the library and another blessing in disguise was I found a room in the library that's called a reading room, a quiet reading room. And you're not allowed to have your phone on. You're not allowed to have a computer out. You can't even listen to music on your headphones. Like it's completely quiet. And I haven't sat in silence like that in I do not know how long because I'm really bad at it. Um, even when I'm journaling and often when I'm reading, I like to listen to music. I feel like it just adds another hue and another layer to whatever it is I'm doing. But I sat there for like three or four hours working through my journals in complete silence, just so wrecked by the presence of God over my life. Um, I could just feel him in those journals. Now, I think I've mentioned this before in an old podcast, but for those of you who might be new, I do dual colored journaling and I have for probably 12 years or so. And what that means is if the Lord is speaking something to me, then I write it in red because then I know that it's God. Um, it's really actually the way that I hear from the Lord the best is if I pick up my red pen and I just say, okay, Lord, speak. And he speaks to me and it's beautiful. So um, what I gleaned that was surprising to me because I was looking for something like build your business. I have a clear directive about my business that I had started right before we moved that I thought would be kind of where my provision would come from in this season or, you know, something along those lines, like something concrete and work related. <laughs> I laugh because that's silly. Cause what does he care about the most? He cares most about our hearts and about us knowing him. And so what I found, I went from November of last year when all of this adventure started and the prospect of moving to Dallas opened up until, um, just a couple weeks ago. I went through all my journal entries and this is what I see. I have my notes here, but let me just give you a taste of some of the things that he said to me because it became glaringly obvious quite quickly what it is he was saying. So let's look at December 15th. Keep coming into my presence. December 23rd. I will guide you into your destiny. January 11th. Hold on tight. January 17th, stop worrying. Then it gets a little more intense. February 5th, rest in me, walk with me. I will lead, I will guide. Then we have 
March 19th. Be patient, be strong, be faithful. Wait on me, soak me in. Then we have April 6th. Come to me, know me, rest in me, keep your eyes on me, stop striving, rest in me. Then we have May 2nd. Trust me, continue to trust me, then trust me some more. This continues, guys. It's kind of nuts. In June, trust me to do it all. Trust me. I mean, really, really trust me. Be here and don't do anything else until I release you to go do it. Trust me. Stop striving. And woven in with all of this is also so much that he said about, I will lead you. I will guide you. I will make your path clear. This is not something that you need to do on your own. So it came, it became quite clear to me yesterday that what he, the last thing he asked me to do was to rest in him, get to know him, spend time in his presence and trust him. This all sounds really good. Like these are things that we love to hear in sermons and encourage us and blah, blah, blah. But this is like the bulk of what he is calling me to do right now. Like, this is what he asked me to do. What does that mean? What does that look like? Honestly, for me, it's a challenge. It's a huge challenge to think every day, okay, today I spend time with the Lord. Today I spend time with the Lord. Today I spend time with the Lord. Because I, I'm i a doer. Like, I really like to do stuff. I really like to work. I really like to work hard. Beyond that, also, my kids are in preschool, and I feel like I have an obligation to them to do right by them. But here God is saying, be with me. Stop striving. Stop putting guilt on yourself and just rest in my presence. And it's hard for me to even say these things out loud. As you can see, I get quite emotional because there's so much that we place on ourselves as humans, as what we feel like we're supposed to do, or what our responsibility is, or what does a good Christian do? What does a good mother do? What does it mean to do X, Y, Z the best way? Like we have these notions of what that is, but sometimes guys, sometimes God is just saying, None of that stuff matters. You got to come to me and get to know me and what I am saying about you and what I am seeing in you and what I love about you just as you, unrelated to anyone or anything else. This is how I love you. So this is a challenge for me, you guys, to sit here day after day and think, okay, today I spend time in his presence. You think that wouldn't be so hard. You think that I would just revel in that. But how do I not feel badly that I'm like the only person I've ever heard of that has been offered a season to just spend time with the Lord when everyone else is out there working hard, taking care of their kids, doing all of this stuff, pouring out their lives, which is what I long to do. And I am taking care of my kids. Now, don't get me wrong. I spend time with them every day. I pick them up at 2.30 and we play. 
So it's not like they never see me, but still, you understand the cultural norms or the church norms or how different people think. So anyway, I'm feeling very convicted and I'm, I am choosing to stay still. There are a couple of times in my journal where the Lord literally said to me, stop wiggling. So <laughs> that's funny and interesting. Um, I want to stop wiggling and it's hard for me because I like to do stuff and I like to move. And he's just saying, sit and know me. So this is a beautiful season and I don't want to mess it up. And if you're in a season where you're not sure what is going on and you're trying to decipher what God is asking you to do, I wanted to also encourage you with this passage from Numbers. Yes, Numbers. Believe it or not, I'm not going to say anything about Ephesians or Philippians or Colossians or any of these things like I have been. I'm going to read to you from numbers that I was reminded about today because this is super encouraging my heart. When you get to a place where you think I'm the only person who's ever experienced this, you pretty much know that that's a lie and that the Lord has something in the scripture to speak directly into your situation. And this was it for me. Um, it's talking about the Israelites and how they're camping in the desert, in the wilderness, you know, for 40 years trying to get to the promised land. And here's what it says. It's it's the passage about the cloud that hovers over the tabernacle. It says, This was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the tabernacle had the appearance of fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, they traveled and camped at the Lord's command wherever he told them to go. Then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duty to the Lord. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days, so the people would stay for only a few days as the Lord commanded. Then at the Lord's command they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command, and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. This was Numbers 9, 16 through 23. Now, I know that that is a lot of scripture, um, but this is some good stuff. This was an entire nation going through what I'm going through. You stay in the presence of the Lord until the Lord moves. When he moves, you move. But even when you move, what matters is his presence. And if you try to wiggle out of camp and run away, I am taking creative license. But seriously, that is not a good idea because you will not be with the Lord. You will be away from his presence. So this was extremely encouraging for me. Now, the discouraging part was sometimes it was overnight. And I know that Week by week, day by day, I have been praying, Lord, let this cloud lift tomorrow so we can move on. 
but sometimes it stayed for a year. So what do I do if I'm in this place for a year? Do I trust him? Do I stay in his presence until he moves? Or do I wiggle and do I leave? I have to choose him. I have to stay in his presence. Because like Moses says in Exodus, if you do not go up, for, go with me up from this place, we cannot go. We cannot move. We need him. I need him for everything. And I also love this because it was just so clear. Like it, it could not be more clear than to see, okay, the cloud's moving. We better run after it. Or nope, wake up in the morning. The cloud's still there. God will also make your next move clear. If you are staying in his presence, it doesn't take a lot of effort to see where it is that he's leading you next. And if he's not leading, then you're not supposed to go. He is a God of clarity and a God of wisdom. If you ask him for wisdom, he gives it to you. And I was reminding myself just yesterday in the shower where I do some of my thinking that every time I've had a big transition in my life, every time God has given me this incredible sense in my spirit, like this is coming and this is it and this is your next move. There is no reason that he's going to leave me in the dark now. None. Especially I see over the past eight months, he has said over and over, contrasted with the rest here, stay here. He also says, I will make your way clear and I have not forgotten your purpose. So I don't need to play guessing games. I don't need to try to make things happen on my own. If he tells me to take a step of faith and do something crazy, I will. But if he's just saying, stay still and wait for me to show you, then that's what I have to do. So I hope that encourages some of you today. This is quite a journey, isn't it? And hey, maybe I blame you guys a little bit for this delay, because I think some of you are maybe getting encouraged along with me. As you hear me share my journey, um, that some of you need to hear it too. Your dreams are as big as mine. And maybe you find yourself in a place of silence and just of pressing into his presence too. So whatever it is that you're doing, wait for his presence to move before you move. And don't jump ahead of him. Take a risk if he's telling you to. That's awesome. I'm not saying don't do that. But if he's telling you to stay put, you stay put. One last little illustration because this was disgusting and hilarious. And it just hit me yesterday when I was debriefing all of this with my husband. So let me tell you a story. Uh, recently I was talking to Emmanuel about how we don't throw wipes in the toilet because you're not supposed to throw baby wipes in the toilet and flush them. It's not good for the sewage system. I know, super random, but when you have a baby sister who likes baby wipes and who also still wears diapers, there's just baby wipes around. So we had this conversation. So anyway, yesterday morning I woke up really early and TMI, I went to the bathroom in the kids' bathroom. I didn't flush the toilet because I didn't want to wake up the kids because it was early. Fast forward about half an hour, Emmanuel got out of bed and went into the bathroom to go potty as he usually does, kind of in like a half wake. I'm just getting up stupor. Next thing I know, I hear water dripping. So I run to the bathroom and I see Emmanuel. This is so gross, but I see Emmanuel with wet toilet paper dangling from his hands with this look of what do I do on his face. I said to him, what are you doing? I was shocked. I was disgusted. 
I maybe raised my voice. <laughs> okay, I totally did. I was like, throw that back in the toilet. This is so gross. <laughs> what are you thinking? So it came out shortly thereafter, after he stopped crying and I stopped freaking out and disinfecting the bathroom, that he thought there was a wipe in the toilet. So I sat him down and I told him, first of all, that was not a wipe. That was toilet paper. Secondly, I know that you know the rule that if there's a, that you're not supposed to throw wipes in the toilet. But if you think there's a wipe in the toilet, you do not reach into the toilet. I don't care what's in the toilet. You don't reach into it with your bare hands. If there's a teddy bear in the toilet, I do not want you reaching in and grabbing it. Like if you think there's a problem with the toilet, you come to mommy and daddy and you tell us, hey, there's a wipe in the toilet or whatever it is that you're worried about and we'll take care of it. Under no circumstances do you put your hands in the toilet. And Ben and I both looked at him and we said, you're not a grown-up, we're the grown-ups. You need to let the grown-ups take care of things. Because when you try to be a grown-up and you think you're doing a grown-up thing, it doesn't turn out well. So, <laughs> yesterday morning, as I was saying to the Lord, why do I have to wait this long? Like, do you really know what you're doing? Don't you remember who I am? Why is this happening? Please make something happen. And God says to me, basically, Gabi, are you God? Because when you try to act like God, bad things happen. Like the entire bathroom gets covered in toilet water and I have to disinfect it. And what you thought was a wipe in the toilet was actually something that was supposed to be there. So this thing that's happening to you right now, it's supposed to be happening. And if you try to touch it and if you try to move it around or if you try to throw it out, well, that's a really bad move. So can you please stop trying to be me and let me be me and you be the kid and I'll take care of you? So Ben just reminded me of that. And I said, thank you. I should turn that into a blog post. So I turned it into a podcast instead. Let's stop wiggling. <laughs> Let's let God do what he does best. Let's let him lead us and trust that his presence will move to the place that we need to move to. And if we just stay in his presence, we cannot miss it. Go spend time with Jesus. Spend time with your kids. Do what God's called you to do today and let him worry about tomorrow. I hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback, especially as I'm doing this whole processing with you thing. Um, if you want to leave me a review on iTunes, that would be super cool. It actually helps build more of a listener base if you leave a review, which is super awesome. It's not that I really care about how many people listen to this podcast, but I feel like this is a journey that a lot of people are going on, and I always can use encouragement, so there's probably other people out there who do too. So if you're able to spend a couple minutes leaving a review on iTunes for the podcast, that would be great. Maybe tell a couple friends, and also just let me know. Send me a message if you think that this is encouraging and it's something you needed to hear. I love you guys. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next time.